One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, listen up, everybody. We are doing a live podcast show on the 6th of April in London, Leicester Square. Myself and Tommy are going to be waffling in your eyes and ears. Yes, so sign up in the description and we'll maybe see you there on the 6th of April. Yeah! Waffling in your eyes. Keep it. That's brilliant. It makes sense. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P One Podcast with Matt and Tommy. And we're going to talk about whether they should get rid of F P One and P Two and P Three apparently, because F1 CEO Stefano Dominicali has dropped an absolute bombshell, has he not, Tom Bellingham? What a topic to talk about before the Australian Grand Prix later this week. He has, a man of my own heart, slandering practice. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you were like, we have to do a video on this, and fair play, I'm looking forward to chatting about it as well. But before we do, let's talk about a five-star review that's been sent in from free five 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 from Canada. If you want yours read out, leave us a five-star review, and then perhaps we'll read it out if it's creative and exciting. Tommy selects them, so try and appeal to Tommy if you can. This one says, I've really enjoyed what Tommy and Matt have created with P1. They keep the conversation light while simultaneously doing deep dives on race strategy and the outcomes. That's probably about Ferrari, isn't it? They both bring a different energy and style to the pod, which makes the whole greater than the sum of their individual parts. Wow. Oh, I felt like I was in a maths lesson. Oh, I see. Just a couple of buddies just talking wheel. That's true. We are very different, but we're also the same. We come together in harmony as one. Tommy, let's talk about it, shall we? F1 CEO Stefano Dominicali was at the MotoGP this weekend. How dare he cheat on us? Eh? Two wheels? Unbelievable. Uh, And he spoke to the Portuguese channel Sport TV, and he's quoted as saying, I am in favour of cancelling the practice sessions that are of great benefit to the engineers, but which the public does not like. Big assumption there, Tommy, I would say. And before we dive into your opinion, because I know you're going to go on a serious washed rant, uh, is that we asked the YouTube community, you beautiful people, and 37,000 of you voted, and a massive 86% said no to getting rid of Friday practice. That's a big percentage, as I've just had an invite. It doesn't really back his theory, does it? I've just had an invite come up on my <laughs> from on Steam of Lando wanting me to play CSGO. So I'm going to have to go now. Thanks so much for uh, for the podcast. Cheers. This is it. Um, this is the this, uh, is this is it. This is the it's Charles Leclerc Charles yacht Leclerc on the yacht, but it's Lando asking to play Counter-Strike. But it's uh, sorry, Lando. I'll come back to you later. Tommy, washed opinions on practice, please. Washed opinions on practice. I mean, we've had this many times before. Uh, the talk of practice. We'll go into the, the pros and cons of getting rid of it. But yeah, Stefano Dominicali was at the MotoGP and I can see why this maybe came up because MotoGP had their first ever sprint race copying F1. or Kind of. Well, kind of. F1 didn't exactly own it, did they? But yeah, introducing sprint races, which is now 
perhaps becoming a thing widely in motorsport MotoGP did it worked well because they're always swapping positions and the field's really close and stuff whereas I think the big problem with sprint racing in f1 is that it's essentially a mini race where you don't get the excitement of pit stops and things so um yeah he was very much going in on practice saying that the engineers love it because they get to do all their tweaks and setups and make the racing a little bit more unpredictable by doing lots of race simulations but the public don't like it but then we asked well, we didn't ask the public. We asked hardcore Formula One fans. We that went on the streets and uh, asked. <laughs> and they said, the survey said, what is this? Um, what's a practice session is probably what the general public would say. But uh, the, the hardcore um, regular Formula One watchers and P1 community think that Dominicali is washed. 86% is a big favor. They love their Friday practice. It's, yeah, it's a big no, isn't it, from uh, the, the people that voted. Thank you for getting involved in our YouTube community poll. But I would also argue, as you just kind of hinted to there, these are the hardcores. These are the ones that usually watch every single race, very integrated with the sports, having a great time. Stefano Dominicali is appealing to the wide population, the casual uh, that watches Formula One and you'd have to say the casuals are what makes up most of the viewing figures. Of course, you have your hardcores, you have the ones that that follow it week in, week out, but you're not going to get enormous numbers. That people There aren't going to be however many hundred million all living and breathing Formula One. They'll just tune, up, tune into it. Ah, oh, the race is on. Let's have a little watch. And apparently he thinks that everybody else doesn't like practice. So I won't ask you what the pros are because I don't think you're going to say any, are you? No, there are some pros. I guess it's one of those sessions where people that are at the circuit get to watch the cars probably for a fraction of the price if you just get a, a Friday ticket. Because, And you could argue maybe even more action because there's lots of cars going out all the time for a long time. Um, and the combined practice sessions are longer than a race. So... You, you do get good value for money there when you're at the circuit. But um, so that's a pro. The cons are obviously the fact that more casuals won't be that interesting. It's not a particularly interesting thing, but then you'll argue that it's not meant to be interesting. It's meant to be gathering data. It's like testing that we did recently where it wasn't particularly interesting, but we were just happy to see Formula One cars back on our screen. And uh, I think the main con and something that Dominicali mentions in his statement about engineers is that they get to spend a long amount of time tweaking every little bit. So the car's absolutely perfect. They've done race simulations, so they know exactly what lap they're going to pit most of the time. Uh, exactly who's going to come in, exactly when X tire is going to go off. And then they just have this race simulation. And then you could argue that the race has become more predictable. Okay, my pros of having practice are of the similar sort of level here. When I when I look at what Stefano Dominicali is saying of getting rid of practice sessions, I'm like, well, what happens on a Friday then? If we don't have practice sessions, what are they going to fill the time with? And unless it is a kart race for three hours for a bit of bounce around the Formula One circuit of that choice, then I'm not interested. What are they going to fill it with? Like the... the because on one side, you've got tracks that are trying desperately to stay in business, some of them. And of course, part of that is the Friday selling. And 
they've had to well they have up their prices quite a bit for the Friday side. They can't just that can't just disappear and we just have a Saturday Sunday Formula One weekend because it just won't be viable for Formula One as a business or for the circuits that want to get involved with it. So it's it's a very strange way of going about things, isn't it? Um, with with obviously it was just a kind of probably just a casual chat that Stefano is now going. Oh God, I wish. I wish I'd not said this because it kind of ha- it has opened a can of worms, and I'm sure he knows they can't just get rid of it because there are certain pros to it, and that is that the fact that you go to a race, you get to see the cars. Uh, obviously, they have whittled down the practice length now, so it is sort of on the same par as as a race. But you get to see a lot of cars going around doing their own thing, and that's just part of the Formula One weekend for me. Even even if I'm not at the race, I think it's still a good thing to have um, because the hardcores watch it and, they, and it satisfies them. We can't just appeal to the general public all the time and be like, "What would a casual like? What would a because ca-? that's just not that's just not the way Formula One should go." And also, as well, I guess another pro of it is the fact that Formula One remains this pinnacle of motorsport. If we get rid of all practice and the teams don't know what they're doing going into qualifying in the race, yes, it could be more exciting because they don't know what strategy to do and whatnot. But isn't that kind of against what the whole point of Formula One is? Is that it's that you know these cars are tuned to a to a level where they can get the most out of them? I don't know. Maybe this is just because we I've watched s- it for so many years. Yeah. We do say that, but then we'll also moan when Red Bull are four seconds faster a lap yeah, than everyone else. Maybe Red Bull cannot have practice, <laughs> and everyone else can. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the thing. It's, and I guess with that argument, you could argue that that is the least of Formula One's worries right now is getting rid of Friday practice when you've got a team that's miles clear, and we might getting potentially rid of have Red a, Bull. <laughs> yeah, should everyone get rid of Red Bull? No, um, but I don't think. You know, if we ditch the practice sessions for the rest of the year, Red Bull aren't going to be any more dominant. So there are other the other ways they could argue if they want to. Sorry, any less dominant. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I just think that this is clearly a a point that he's making about how much he likes sprint weekends because on sprint weekends, Friday practice is a thing, but you only get one of them. Then you go to qualifying on Saturday, and then you get the the sorry qualifying on Friday, sprint on Saturday, race. So you've got something on every single day. Don't forget then, that practice session on Saturday as well, mate. That most indeed. the most irrelevant practice session for anyone watching ever. Yeah, uh, but th- this is the thing: it's not practice. You could argue it's televised, but it's not there to be entertaining. So you could argue that it just it's not. It's not there to entertain anyway, neither are any of the practices. So is it a case of spicing up practices or do you just have that, what we have in the sprint races where that kind of changes the argument for people that want to go to the track on a Friday and see something, they will get a qualifying session as well. And I personally, I'm not, I don't think the sprint race format is perfect and I did uh, I do like it, but there can be changes. But the second year we went to Silverstone, after the first year of a sprint re- race weekend, the Friday felt a bit flat to me because I was so used to that. Not so used to it because it only happened one year, but it was like, oh, this is really cool. You get something, something on every day. Yeah. 
And then it was quite weird going back and then Friday just being a day of nothing. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But I also think that when you're not at the race, you don't feel that at all. So it is very specific to the 100, 200,000 people that go to a Grand Prix, which in the grand scheme of viewing figures is very tiny. But then that is where a lot of tracks make their money. And Formula One, of course, makes their money from ticket sales. So it is there's, there's so many different routes that you could go down with this. Um, if I now flip to the cons of having practice, it is having the car so fine-tuned that they know what they're doing. So on one side, you're going, well, what is Formula One, essentially? What route do you want to take Formula One down? Is it just purely entertainment? Because if that's the case, scrap pra- uh, practice or have practice, but it's qualifying every single time and you can score points if you go faster or, or whatever, because that's if it is just purely entertainment, then that's the route they should go down where there's always something to to play for but if it is a sport first then they shouldn't worry so much about that and they should allow for what formula one has been for so so many years so it is a really difficult decision to make i do i do personally like the odd sprint race weekend but i'm so set in my ways of what formula one is that i don't mind it being three times a year six obviously this year now i didn't mind it as three i think six is is pushing it because then that's pushing towards what I think is entertainment first rather than the sport. It's it's such a difficult topic. It is a very difficult topic because F1 is such a unique sport in that sense because if you look at uh, football, for example, they you, you, they don't advertise the training matches. You don't, you don't watch that on TV. So you get to the argument of, well, you can't take it away now. They can't say, oh, we're not televising practice because it's boring Um, because everyone, this is exactly what happened in testing and we knew it was going to happen because we F1 fans love to complain. Um, But we had no, we had that secret test, didn't we, last year? And it was ridiculous. Why is this on TV? Uh, Why isn't this on TV? It's a joke. And then this year we got the test on TV and it was like, well, this is a bit boring, but it's nice to see the cars, but after eight hours, you kind of, okay, right. I've seen cars now. And then you get weird people going, Oh, do we, do we need some to spice up testing? No, it's testing. So maybe it's just a case of there's so much content now out there. And every time the argument is every time a formula one car is out on track, should it be this entertaining thing where there's something to play for or, are you allowed uh, to just have sessions that exist that don't mean anything? I can see them whittling down three practice sessions to perhaps two. And, you know, I don't know what they would do with those. But then if you lose a session, what do you fill it with? And then all of a sudden you go back to it being a sprint race weekend again. So that's clearly the route in which Stefano wants to take it. Yeah. And perhaps the numbers suggest that, yes, as a worldwide population, F1 sprints are the way to go, or perhaps it's lining people's pockets. There's so many different like answers to this that it's it's mad. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. 
Daily live coverage begins Monday, May the 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. So let's dive into now. What would the perfect race weekend format be? Uh, before we share ours, we asked a few of you what yours would be. So this one is from Kenny underscore Lamener. FP1, 90 minutes, Friday morning. FP2, 90 minutes, Friday afternoon. FP3, 60 minutes, Saturday morning. Qualifying 60 minutes Saturday afternoon, which gets 12 laps per driver. And then there's a warm-up on the Sunday for 30 minutes. And then on the Sunday, whatever, 2 p.m. local time, whatever, the race. That's a lot of running. Stefano is actually losing sleep over seeing these ones because that's the complete opposite of what he wanted. That's a more practice, more running before the race as well. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. This was this is an no. olden days one, isn't it, Tommy? Yeah, this is when I first started watching. There was a 1957, was it? Oh. <laughs> not far off. Um, but yeah, this this is a that's a lot of running, which is great for the general public. It's not great for Charles Leclerc's engine parts. Sorry, Matt. Um, uh, why did you? What, that was so, I was not ready for that. Where did that but, even come from? But that that is that doesn't really check their kind of oh limited parts for a season though to be fair if you're if you're mm. having 90 minutes of this if that was the case while they all, just wouldn't well, go out they wouldn't go out no yeah um warm-up uh this is what happened even when you did those warm-ups you had wet wet sessions uh, and they were like well i'm not going out binning off binning my car before just race, before the yeah. race it's just pointless so yeah this is a an old school um look at it which this this asks, answers the question that the perfect race weekend for a lot of people is the one that they grew up with. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how like old change. Kenny is. I wonder how old Kenny is. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this at all. Far too much running. It's never going to happen in this modern day of Formula One. But thank you, Kenny, for your suggestion all the same. Next one comes in from Icy Josh. I like how it is now. Seeing practice results builds up hype and expectations for quality in the race itself. Now, this is a good point, actually, that I haven't, really mentioned or you haven't mentioned either tommy as a pro is yeah. is that hype it's the it's it is the the teasing before the real thing you know people go oh you watch practice and i guess rather than everything is something to play for where it's just constant dopamine and you're like wow we're playing for that something now mm. we're playing for something now i think that'll get very boring in a year's time when you just expect something to happen all the time whereas practice does lead up to qualifying in the race as being this big Saturday and a big Sunday. Whereas sprint race weekends is kind of, oh, it's sort of sort of big on Friday. Then you've then you've got Saturday, which is a shorter race, but is that more exciting than having proper qualifying Quality. into a race? Mm. And then it gives people who are out of position the opportunity to make up positions before the real race on Sunday. So I actually completely agree with this. And I think that is one thing that people maybe don't under or realize until it goes away that actually this, this tease is really good for the Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh, it's always nice on a Friday to see that Max Verstappen is two seconds quicker than everyone, so we know what to expect on a on a Saturday. No, I'm joking. This is this is the. Uh, <laughs> you sound is... like a salty Ferrari <laughs> fan, but you've literally got a Max cape in your background. Well, but this is this is the thing. This is why I don't like practice because I, I would argue the opposite to that. Here you go. All the people that like us to disagree. Um, that you get. Say we have a situation where oh this team are good this weekend you kind of i know it builds up but maybe it misses that shock of us going straight into qualifying and it's like oh my god this this team are really good um so it does build up the weekend and um i can see where where they're coming from but then it's just a lot of a lot of running and a lot of sessions that kind of revealing the order and it's just giving them more and more time to tweak the pecking order to be exactly how it should be um with all this time rather than maybe throwing a few curveballs into the mix all right all right tommy let's 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 explore it shall we we need a jingle for like the disagreement the disagreement (laughs) um what would okay we get rid of practice what actually you probably will include that in your perfect weekend format won't you of how it would look like yeah. So I won't I won't ask you right now. We'll do one more. We're from Formula Sophie, who says, I really like the F2 format with a reverse top 10 sprint, but maybe an extra practice session too, like an F1 sprint weekend. Practice and quality Friday, practice and sprint Saturday, and race Sunday. Now, w- with Formula 1 being in this experimental phase, I don't know why they haven't tried the Formula 2 format. Maybe it's because they don't want to look like they're going to a, you know, a, a feeder series and taking ideas and you know they're formula one they're always you know being very big with their ideas they couldn't possibly go and copy formula two whereas i i'm not against them trying the formula two format absolutely not especially now that they've tweaked it back to a good formula two format so try it i would i would absolutely watch that the reverse grids are something to be said because if we're going back to this whole red bull dominant thing you watched that literally the last race, Max died 15th and you knew he was still going to come through the field and you kind of had that excitement there. Whereas if he starts second or first, you know he's going to win the race unless his car breaks down. So Formula One is a unique sport. And this is something I've always thought about that while qualifying is traditional and it's this thing that's lasted forever, it does, you could argue, give well, it's not an unfair advantage because they literally have the fastest car and then they qualify, but you're kind of giving a head start to the people that are already quicker. It's like in a football match, if you, if I know that, say, like Man City play Accrington Stanley or someone rubbish, they start on a level playing field. It's nil-nil, so you have that moment. If it was 2 nil to Man City before you even started, you wouldn't even watch it because it's like, well, they're going to win and they've already got, this advantage so of course um they're gonna not want to do that because the teams will always just argue well you can't punish us for building a good car um and i feel like that's the one thing that they really want to try and do is reverse grids but it will just be tricky um to actually nail the format but i would really like to see it and this kind of goes into the next weekend perfect weekend format is the, it's tricky though because do I want to see it all the time? Because would we have had our reaction of "Oh my God, Max is starting fifteenth. This is crazy!" if it was every single race weekend? Probably not. Interesting. 
I quite like it, as you know. So uh, I'd, I'd be willing to test it. That's, I think, the, the open-mindedness of seeing if it works. Oh, if it actually isn't as good as we all think, because Max Verstappen just plows through it from 10th every single time in the sprint, then it is what it is. Uh, but then the opposite side is, does that ruin the integrity of the sport? As you say, why are we penalising the, the teams that are that are building the fastest car? But I mean, I guess realistically, you would still have the team starting on pole on Sunday. Lots of debate, and I can't wait to see all of your comments on wherever you are watching or listening. Please do send them in or on social media. Be really happy to see them. Now let's move to what would our perfect weekend format be from Friday to Sunday? All right, here we go. Friday, and then you can say Friday, Tommy. We'll do it like that. My oh, Friday. No, that'd be confusing. No, okay, cool. Ignore that. <laughs> Friday. 60 minute FP1. Then for FP2, 60 minute kart race around the track. I like that. Look, That'd they can fun. still get to know all the bumps and, and whatnot, but not in their own car. It's just okay? to finally shut up Twitter and who the best driver is, and we'll just yeah. know because they're in cars. Exactly. Perfect. And can you imagine seeing a cart going up like Eau Rouge or something? That'd be that'd be quite something. They'd need a quite powerful car, otherwise it might just roll back down. <laughs> but realistically, uh, I think 60 minute FP1, 60 minute FP2. Sorry. Saturday, Q1 and Q2 the same. Q3, one shot qualifying. Tenth goes out mm-hmm. first. First goes out goes out last. And yes, weather might play a factor, but get over it. That's all I'm going to say to that one. I, I made that up about 10 minutes ago before the, the podcast started. And I was actually like, oh, I quite like that. And then Sunday, a 24-hour race. <laughs> and when you run out of fuel, you have to run. Yeah. I mean, that uh, justifies no, the ticket prices these days, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, a normal race. Uh I, I don't think the format is too far away from being perfect anyway, but I think spicing up quality, maybe with just that tiny tweak might might be quite nice. Tommy. Yeah, this is... So you, you've kind of gone for almost the same, but a little tweak. I mean, looking at all the people that have messaged in, no one can agree. And uh, I'm going to have a really... I, I will do my perfect answer, but my I thought about this for a lot and I just keep changing my mind. And I think that just shows that there is no perfect solution because, of course, I want to be entertained as much as possible watching a weekend. And part of me goes, well, yes, I want um, to watch uh, qualifying on a Friday because I want to consume all the weekend. I want to be as entertaining as possible and multiple sessions. Um, I think my answer is I like it changing and I like the fact that we've got six sprints a year, maybe even more, but... If I would, I would like to throw maybe three to six times a year. How many? No, I okay, perfect, perfect format. <laughs> so, Nine. everybody, uh, Tommy's thought about this a lot and he's still changing his mind. That's whilst... the thing, I actually have thought about it a lot and I'm still changing it, it just shows how crazy it is. But okay, nine sprints, we, sprint weekends, which is just under half the races. So, you have a bit of variety. And then five of them are where you reverse the top um the top 10 for, for the, sprint. the sprint yeah because my problem with the sprint and it always will be is you don't get the jeopardy of a sprint because it's the first half of a race which in formula 1 is never it's rarely that exciting after the first lap it's until they get to the pit stops and there's jeopardy and there's 
undercutting and overcutting and different strategies and all this kind of stuff. Whereas the sprint is essentially the first part of the race where they just drive around and there's no jeopardy. So just the if first you, stint. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if you had a reverse element to that, it would make it more exciting. We've seen Verstappen in Saudi, Hamilton in Brazil a couple of years ago. They, the quick cars do get to the front. So I don't think they have to worry that if they started last every race, they're still going to win the championship. So why only five then? Just to mix it up, see how it goes. And then if it's Hold the on. best thing ever and we do like it. I'm going to press the button, the argument button. The disagree. <laughs> Disagreement time. Go on. All right, Tommy, I'm going to play this one straight at you right here. Does that not make Formula One incredibly confusing when you have three different formats to keep up with? And if you're a casual fan and you're like, wait, why is Verstappen starting 10th in this race this time? Oh, oh, it's one of the sprint reverse ones rather than the sprint normal ones. And it's definitely not a real full race weekend one. What's your argument to that? Then you should know wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it, they'll always have that problem, but I'd argue that F1's a complicated sport anyway. And, and you're uh, like, hey, so I want to make it more complicated. I want to make it even more complicated <laughs> by having different formats and random lottery and yeah. random grids and stuff. Oh, no, yeah, that's what you could do. No qualifying. You just you just roll the roll the lottery and you pick they the number. They did that oh, in British touring cars. Yeah. And it was they? quite, yeah, they, did, they actually do like a lottery. And then the person that gets pole in one of the races, that decides where they start. And then everyone gets shifted down that order. Wow. So, I mean, it's crazy, but I'd like to see it just as an experiment. But what would you call them then? So you've got the the sprint, the the normal, the sprint, and then what? The super sprint? The yeah, super sprint. Rever- uh, the sprint to the front. <laughs> no, super sprint. Oh, it's a yeah. good job. Tommy's super, not in branding. Yeah, super super sprint. Super sprint. The super I like sprint. That. Okay, here that, we go. F one. Take notes. One thing I would say about yours is I do think the one-shot qualifying lends itself perfectly to a sprint weekend. I, I would yeah. perfectly, I think I'd almost prefer that more than normal qualifying on sprint weekend. So sprint weekend, we have one-shot quality for the entirety of it. Do yeah. we have a Q1, Q2, Q3, and it's one shot in each of them? Or do we have well, a... Be very long, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it I do like the long. idea of Q, Q3, a one-shot quality. Uh, and then, yeah, like you say, if it rains... You get a bit of yeah, you got a bit of drama, which I, I quite like. So um, yeah, F one, we'll take ten percent if you go with our, our formats. Okay, I'll just add one more thing. Yes, and this is this is we'll have this conversation so many times about sprint sprint weekends. But I remember having the conversation of, oh, uh, the sprint weekend's really good because it say at Monza it allowed Daniel Ricciardo to make his way up the order and then in the race he was ahead and won but then i think it was imola last year i think it was they had you had perez and someone else out of position and then everyone just argued that it ruined the jeopardy of qualifying and the the answer to that is every formula 1 race is different and will always be different so maybe it's not to be tampered with it's just some races will be good and some races will be bad just like every other sport. <laughs> wow, popping off, Tommy. I would argue that the Danny Rick situation is a much rarer occasion than than having a Perez come through the field because 
the Danny Rick one was just sprint was, very yeah. odd. I don't know how yeah. that even happened. It was incredible. But yes, there you go. Before we do head off, uh, there was an interesting bit of news that um, Dominic Carly basically just just dropping the T left, right, and centre. Um, <laughs> that uh, that Madrid are in talks about hosting a Formula One race. This was what he he told uh, the Spanish sports newspaper Marca. Marca, sorry, I think it's probably Marca. Who knows? He said. We are happy with Barcelona, and it is true that Madrid wants a race. So we will see. All this is good for F1. There is great interest, but it is also true that we are focused at the moment on Barcelona, which has a contract and the relationship is strong. It's incredible how Alonso starts doing well, and all of a sudden Madrid are like, hey, uh, could uh, could we have a race, Yeah, please? What state is the Valencia street circuit in? Oh, okay, Madrid oh, no. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. It's a uh, yeah, very bad state, uh, Valencia. And it was also a terrible track. Um so Barcelona, don't want to talk about it too much because it's a terrible track. But at the end of 2021, Formula One did extend its contract with them for five years. So it ends at the end of 2026. But let's not forget the no, last sure. chicane has gone. Would we would we miss it still if it well to be fair, let's wait. Let's wait and see if that last chicane was the crux of racing action for Formula One. And actually, with that back, it's going to be incredible. But still, I I think my gut feeling is no, I would not miss it. Even though we don't know at all what Madrid would look like, it could be a car park. We're still like, we still wouldn't miss Barcelona that much. No, try something new. I don't. I don't really like. I, th- I think Barcelona is just so. Formula One has just outgrown it with the the racing that they have there. Don't you dare Monaco. bring up Monaco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not unique enough to be interesting, and it's not it's just too many kind of high speed corners that it's like every other circuit. Yeah. It's just really hard to overtake. Um, and the kind of, we'll, we'll see with the chicane. I'm not holding out much hope, but, um, for one of my favorite cities in the world, Barcelona, which is such a great city, the circuit is extremely boring. So I wouldn't, uh, miss it from being there. Uh, Madrid, it screams street race, uh, and the way F1 is going. And I'm sure they're probably like, we could keep it at Barcelona or we could have it in the centre of Madrid and charge 6,000 euros a ticket. Um, so, yeah. Probably, Another street track. Woo. Mm. Mm. I know. We've sure won. We've one. got rid of, we've won but at what cost with Barcelona yeah, exactly. going, right? And also with the Barcelona track, like it's just the circuit of Barcelona Catalonia just really is quite far behind other circuits and what they look like their facilities obviously hasn't hasn't been great um and it's a bit out of no in the, like in the middle of nowhere as well isn't it it's not not it's exactly not hustle and bustle no. is it anyway we don't need to slander that circuit anymore because it was all about Stefano Domenicali dropping news about practice sessions. Let us know your thoughts please do uh and before we go Tommy what are your final thoughts My final thoughts are I wish it was a sprint weekend now because I realised that I actually think they're quite good, and uh, I feel I feel like after the start of the Stop season we had really changing. a bit of jeopardy. You do realise, Tommy, once you speak an opinion, that is it for the rest of time. You will you have to lock in with that opinion, otherwise someone will just quote tweet you and go, "This you, this you." I remember when you said you enjoyed one practice session in 1997. Yep, how dare you? How dare you enjoy that? Right. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Tommy. And we'll see you very soon for more content. Australian Grand Prix coming. So look forward to that. We'll be live on Twitch on Saturday 
and on Sunday at the god-awful time of half five in the morning where we are. But look, we're not going to complain because you're amazing. If you're an Australian fan in particular, you are incredible. And we'll see you very soon. Bye! Bye! P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.